You are now tuned in to Believe. Do you believe? Welcome to a very special episode of Untapped Keg. I'm RJ Zimmerman, here with my brother-in-law, Monte Ball. How you doing, big fella? I am good, man. Living the dream, um, relatively speaking. Of course, I always got to throw that part in there because everyone knows what's going on outside. But I'm doing well, man. Doing well. How about yourself? Uh, you know, it was a good week until uh, yesterday, but we can get into that at a different oh, time. Man. So oh, we got man. some very special guests with us on this very special episode. Uh, we'll start with you, Mr. Uh, Patty Swags. Patrick, how you doing, sir? Patty uh, I'm Swags. Do- <laughs> I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, you know, yeah, yesterday was kind of rough for everyone outside of the Windy City. Um, mm. But, you know, <laughs> think, <laughs> think, <laughs> things are what they are. Um, just happy to be here, guys. Uh, studied sports journalism at Arizona State. Um, left that field mm-hmm. a while back. And I'm an insurance agent now, but... Love to talk, love football, love to show Monte how it's done. <laughs> I love it, man. What uh, what kind of insurance? Um, I actually am an auto si- or an auto service agent for the Gecko related insurance company. Um, nice, licensed man. in fifteen nice. states now, including my home state where I grew oh. up, uh, Arizona. I'm a Sun Devil baby. Went to Arizona it. State. Busy. Yeah, do what I can. Busy, busy. Sun Out of trouble. Devil. Sun Devil. I played with the awesome. Sun Devil. Uh, I played <laughs> side by side um, with oh my Omar Omar Bolden. Ob yeah Omar Never Bolden. Yeah he, yeah he was. Yeah. I mean back back in college his <laughs> junior and senior year man, I was man that yeah. that guy was around the field Beast. like and I even think like he played defensive back and he was great but him as a return guy like punts kickoffs like he got the ball in his hands he was moving it was done. Ob. Yeah, I miss that guy. That's awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, we we here at Untapped uh, Untapped Kegger, happy that you're here, man. And uh, let's get to introducing our next person, RJ. All right. We're also joined by Lucas. Lucas, what's up, man? Great nickname there, but uh, (laughs) Lucas, we're very glad to have you, buddy. No, I appreciate it. Um, No, this is this is awesome. like Patrick, I went to ASU, was a journalism mass communication uh, major my freshman year, but actually transferred to UW-Madison. I'm actually born and raised in the Badger State. Um, you know, grew up rooting, obviously, for Monte. So this is a pretty awesome honor, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I was kind of taken aback that he uh, invited us on here, but... Um, but no, I'm um, still a huge Badger fan. I actually now live uh, in the volunteer state of Tennessee um, here in Nashville, um, which is an awesome town if you get a chance to, hopefully post-COVID. Um, but uh, no, excited to be on the podcast and uh, talk some football. Hopefully uh, yeah, man. hopefully change hopefully change the mind of uh, Monty when it comes to <laughs> the whole fan candidacy of Aaron Rodgers. So. Ooh, well, I love he finally it. looked at his stats last week, and he's like, "Okay, you may be right." 
So I just want to prep with that. Don't say finally. Just, don't say finally <laughs> as if I just didn't know what I was just saying. You yeah, didn't no, know. Not first. I didn't know. Okay, okay. I didn't know that his stats lined up that well to arguably, I always got to put that word out there, arguably, the greatest quarterback that ever played the game, Joe Montana. His stats perfectly. Perfectly. Now, but we're not getting there yet. We're not getting there yet. Okay. Let's not. Let's, <laughs> well, not, let's, not. let's, start, let's start with some NFL talk here. <laughs> Let's not get there yet. NFL talk. Um, I mean, the million-dollar question, fellas. RJ and I have already talked about this numerous times, uh, obviously before this podcast, and obviously we want to we keep it going, so we want your guys' take on it. My take, mm-hmm. I don't think the NFL season is going to last. Um, RJ, your thoughts, and then we'll go to Patrick. Um, for me, I just it's not going to last. It's not going to last because it's the owners are going to have to do something, and obviously the only thing that they can do is to propose to the players, obviously the NFLPA as well, to quarantine the players like or create a bubble like the NBA did. I think it's too late for that. I think it's too late. I think the NFLPA is going to say heck no to that, um, and it's not going to fly. Not going to fly. So that's my take. That's my take on it. I'll be quick with that. Uh, I don't know if we'll get a full season out of it, but I think we'll get a playoff and a Super Bowl champion because they'll uh, at least put the playoffs in a bubble. So Mm. everybody wants to get paid. True. What about you, Patrick? I I, I think there's just too much money to be made. I think that while I don't think we get every team playing a 16-game schedule, as we've already seen with Denver this week having to move their New England game, because of Cam Newton, Tennessee is a hot mess when it comes to their protocols. In fact, being investigated by the NFL um, due to that uh, illegitimate practice that they had. Do I think we make it to a finish line and we crown a Super Bowl champion? I absolutely do. But it's going to be a rough, rough, rough landing. I do. It's not like baseball where we can play double headers and postpone games. Like the, Monts, you'd know better than anybody. Your body needs time to recover. And we can't just stack games on top of these players to turn around and ask, okay, Denver's now going to turn around and play on Monday night when they're expected to play on Sunday and then turn around on Sunday on another short week. It just doesn't work. And so I think it's – I think we'll get a Super Bowl champion. Um, It'll probably end up being the same Cats who won it last year, Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. But – I think it's going to be really, really rough. And it's not going to look like the NFL product that we expect. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, Lucas. Yeah, no, I I cough there because I don't think it's going to be the same cats. But going on just the topic of just the regular season, um, I I would be shocked um, if everybody gets their full their full sixteen games in. I mean, if you just look at comparatively to college football, which is a little bit different because they are on a college campus, it's much harder to isolate, you know, your players and everything like that, especially if they're going to class um, or just being around where there's just a community of 30 to 40,000 people. But they've postponed games. I mean, they have multiple games every week that are getting postponed. that being said, when you look at, obviously, baseball is a much different animal. I mean, when you looked at when the outbreaks happened with Miami and with St. Louis, 
you know, they were able to, that was earlier in the season, which I'm glad with the Titans right now, which here in, you know, obviously being here in Nashville, I've heard just a ton about, um, at least you're lucky it's happening earlier in the season. So maybe guys won't, will keep their guard up right now, where if this was, I mean, it was, it was impossible to ask that there was going to be no positive tests at all this regular season. Um, but I think another example to look at too is, is major league soccer, um, which here I've been following national SC. They actually at the beginning of the, the restart for MLS had uh, 10 plus players test positive for coronavirus. Um, they'd never even made it back to the MLS's back tournament down in Orlando, which was a bubble um, that they had set up just to start the regular season. But since then, um, there has been no games postponed with the MLS. They've been traveling to Texas, to the West Coast, to the East Coast. Um, so I think that might be a good example. Um, I think they get the regular season in. Like Pat, I agree with Patrick on a lot of those points. There's just way too much money at the table. Um, and what we've seen with this, uh, with COVID is when money talks, things get done. Um, and I just think there's too much money. You might have teams at the end of the regular season that are finished with 13, 14 regular season games. And maybe some get 16 and they're just going to have to figure out some tiebreaker. Uh, but I think it gets done. I mean, this is 2020. It's a crazy year. So you're just going to have to have crazy scenarios in order to finish the season. Um, I mean, next week, I believe they moved. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with Pittsburgh or uh, Tennessee, uh, Pittsburgh, which was supposed to happen last week. Uh, they moved uh, Tennessee and Buffalo this week to a Tuesday night game. Um, so I guess you could see that or make some room on like a bye week. Uh, my only thing is, I know the NFL had said at the beginning of the year, they were going to punish teams harshly that did not abide by protocols and had a lot of positive tests. And I feel like right now they're going out of their way to try to make those seasons happen where it's like, you know, maybe you just have to forfeit those games because you're probably not going to be able to make them up. So I'm interested to see how that goes. But I do think they get um, a full regular season. Okay. Okay. So, all right. So I guess, yeah, I mean, you got, you both have some really good takes on it. Um, Really good takes on it. And I, and I kind of agree more with you, Patrick, uh, Patty, to where, yeah. you know, I, I don't think the season is going to finish, but if it does, yeah, it's going to be an extremely rough landing. Lucas, I think you had a great point as well, too, is, yeah, they're going to have to figure something out towards the end of the year. I think by it happen at the beginning of the season, I think it obviously allows them to have some cushion, some room to <laughs> come up with the plan, as opposed to what happening week 10, week 13, which would make it way more stressful, way more difficult. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I mean, I, I think – I think uh, Goodell really, really dropped the ball um, back during OTAs and all that stuff. I mean, he should have. He should have. I mean, if 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 the NBA commissioner, what is it? What is it? Silver, Adam Silver, yeah, Adam yeah. Silver, yeah, Adam Silver. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's able to to figure out a plan. I feel like obviously Goodell and his team should have figured something out too. Because I mean, we're we're talking about well, the safety of these players. The only difference is you're talking NBA teams with. You know, well, those yes. players are, what do you have, 15 players per team players. at the most? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so right. I still think you rent out <clears throat> hotel rooms because every team stays in a hotel the night before a game, mm-hmm. even at home. 
So right. you can rent that hotel out for NFL use only. You put the players up, have buses back and forth. You can at least do that for the playoffs. That's true. Which is what I think is going to happen. I mean, asking I would, players to do that for the for four months—that's tough. But. See, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if, in the back of his head, Roger Goodell's got a very similar MLB type plan for playoffs, where you say, "Okay, the AFC and the NFC, you guys are going to go off into your own separate bubbles, and we'll move from one to the other to play the Super Bowl," because then you're not worried about having to make instant travel plans, and you're able to kind of separate the lock from the key a little bit. That's why I said I don't think we get full playoffs. It's going to be a rough landing, but we may only get, you know, we may only get, you know, championship weekend, probably maybe get divisional and then championship weekend. But that's quite, of course, remains to be seen. Exactly. Yeah. And what a year to expand the playoffs too, when they had an extra team to, to make that revenue. But no, I, I kind of agree because that's where the NFL and most pro sports make the most of their money is for those postseason rights. So the last thing that you want to have happen is let's say every team you have a clear regular season. Last thing you want is a week before the, the postseason starts or like that Monday or Tuesday, you have a team that tests is, you know, four or five players that test positive. So then what do you do? Do you push the, the Super Bowl back? Obviously, your TV rate partners are not going to be happy with that. They want everything to go as scheduled. So I, I can completely agree. I think the only thing that might be an issue with the bubble right now is we're seeing more and more NFL stadiums allow fans into the game. So I think you would have a lot of owners, potentially, especially in the southern part of the United States, whether that's in Texas, Florida, the Southeast, um, or even like in Arizona, where they might be like, hey, we're allowing fans in the stands. And you might have owners being like, that could provide either a disadvantage or are we going to be losing out on money because we're moving these uh, teams to a bubble where it's a neutral site? Okay. Well, that's where I think the hotels come in. You can still have your home games, but the players are just going to be going from hotel to practice facility, hotel to the stadium. They fly private jet anyway. So really, you're still playing in your home stadiums, but now now you just limit the access to them. So it's not the same as like a complete bubble like the NBA, but it's more of a, a bubble than what most of the uh, professional sports followed besides I'd say mm-hmm. the MLS and the NBA. So it's very doable. Very, yeah. very doable. Yeah. I think it's just all comes down to execution. Um, all comes down to ex- execution and yeah. Yeah. Having obviously 53 people as opposed to 15 makes things obviously a little bit more challenging, um, requires more, more detail, but they, they got the money to do it, to pay a hotel, uh, to pay the hotel yeah. X amount of dollars to you know pretty much lock down the whole thing and just only allow players in and out. They, they have the capital for that, of course. And, we all know that. And I th- and I think to count on your point, Monty, where you were like, kind of Roger Goodell dropped the ball. Like my thing was they were they were discussing COVID protocols. It wasn't even until like two weeks before training camp was starting that they <laughs> yeah. were starting to yeah. figure out like training protocols. It's like you guys knew this was probably going to be an issue even if you thought it was going to subside by the fall 
why what why wasn't there not like a plan b or plan c exactly to yeah, making sure plan. that the you were going to be able to do this safely and but, but when that's i heard been, like two weeks they were but no, that's ahead. been roger goodell's mo for his entire career as commissioner which is i'm not going to do anything unless i absolutely have to in any situation <laughs> yeah. which is which in any situation and you can talk about concussions you can talk about punishment you can talk about anything any situation where roger goodell has to make a decision to either benefit the league or benefit the players roger goodell only makes a decision when his feet are literally held to the fire yeah he was like cool we're going to do a virtual draft that's fine that's easy enough to do but roger goodell's mo as long as he has been commissioner is i'm not going to react until i absolutely have to and that is absolutely why Players have been in danger. Uh, punishments have been doled out mm. inconsistently. I mean, I talking from anywhere from, True. you know, hey, he, he tested dirty and, oh, my God, he caught smoking pot in, you know, Colorado, where it is legal, versus, oh, there's a videotape of him beating the crap out of his girlfriend. Like, Roger exactly. Goodell yeah. is so inconsistent. Exactly. When I saw this come across, I figured the two – the, the two sports I figured would that would be okay of the four major. I figured the NHL was going to be fine because most of those players are comfortable in a bubble. You know, most people don't watch ho- hockey anyway. So they're going to go up to Canada and be fine. And I knew Adam <laughs> Silver was going to have a plan. But I figured Rob, Rob Manfred, who is the white breadest individual I think I've ever had the pleasure of meeting, and Roger Goodell, who is beholden to the owners in such a way, like I knew his plan was going to be bad. And if anything, all we're seeing is that not only was his plan bad, his plan is non-existent. And I think that's why we're running into these problems. And it's going to keep happening, I think, here for yeah. at least the next six, seven, eight weeks. I mean, <clears throat> got to figure something out. Probably not that long. I mean, but we got to figure something out, though. And that's, that's an interesting, interesting point because it's it's hard to avoid that question. I mean, obviously, just, you know, what you mentioned, what, what's, what, what's happening in Tennessee, of course, it's a mess. With the Titans. And, well, and but games getting postponed, and I mean, you can only do so much postponing of games before mm-hmm. stuff really gets out of order. And then <laughs> think about football, it. You need a week to recover. But go well, ahead, like, think about it like, you know, this Friday or Saturday before a big matchup like the Chiefs Patriots and Cam Newton test positive. Jeez. Like you go into the playoffs yeah. and you have that. Exactly. Like, well, we that even saw, would be unreal. And Especially we even saw, guys. too, like after the, the Chiefs and Patriots played, you had Stephon Gilmore test positive like two right. or three days later. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, there's literally a picture of him giving a hug to Patrick Mahomes. It's like, that's a meme, man. It says uh, Belichick's at the bottom drinking orange juice. It says Belichick doesn't play, or Belichick plays chess, not checkers. <laughs> <laughs> he knew what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, and oh gosh, that's just. <sighs> I think it's yeah, like you said, there's just too much money. Yeah, it's involved tough. for them not to do yeah. something because you imagine how upset these big wigs in Vegas with the Vegas odds and stuff, Vegas bets are going to be. Just like you said, if you have a matchup, uh, if you have a. Uh, Cam Newton versus uh, Patrick Mahomes, and they bet money on the game, and and God forbid it happens, but if Mahomes catches it or something, you know what I'm saying? Like something like that mm-hmm. happens, my gosh, it's going to be an uproar. 
And, and just look at, you know, specifically like college football, like when the season a month, just a month ago, you know, half the conferences weren't even playing. And then once the Big Ten was just like, oh, we're going to we're actually going to give it a go. All those other conferences within, I think, like two or three days were all just like, oh, we're going to because there's just even though they're playing a shortened season, just the money and the revenue, they just cannot make that up um, at another time. So it's just, you know, they're, they're, it's for those owners and stuff, it's worth the risk um, if they're able to make, you know, even maybe a fraction of what they would do. So right. even if a team plays 12 games, they're going to try to find some sort of argument or some scenario where they can maybe qualify for the playoffs or something. It's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be a mess, hard landing. It's going to be interesting, uh, possibly exciting, uh, just because it's going to mm-hmm. be something new for everybody, uh, um, what they're going to probably try to implement or what have you. But, I mean, I'm going to keep my eyes on it for sure. Um, I'm going to really see what's going on. Really, really keep my keep my eyes on it. <clears throat> well, I think we beat that dead horse, so uh, <laughs> let's move on to the topic that everybody's been waiting for now. Oh God! Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Fame, guaranteed first ballot. Yes. Bank. No. Yes. It's not. It's not even a question. It's not even a question. So we got three yeses, and I'm the only no. What? So so since that is the case, Monty, I just want to hear like what, and you have your notes from what you had said. Yeah. What? what indeed, I do. What, what, what are what, what are the what are the reasons behind this? Because I okay. was I was honestly a little shocked when I had heard that, um, <laughs> and I was just like, "Who?" Like, I, I, but I, I'll I'll hear you out. I'll try to hold my tongue. But I just I'll hear. No, you I love out. I like the passion. He, he, he me, won't he won't hold it. his tongue. He won't hold his tongue. He'll have this kind of crooked look on his face while you're trying to explain whatever planet your information came from on why that worked. I'll just, I'll just mute. I'll just mute my mic and just cuss in the background. <laughs> until it's okay. It's my time. And I was literally speechless. Like I could not. <laughs> talk what the heck was that? All right. Well, why don't, oh, why doesn't Monty, Monty, why, doesn't Monty, why doesn't Monty hit us with it? And you then we can just, yeah, I, yeah. I, yep, I, I will. Then I'll let you guys do yours. But before I get into, it, I want to say that you, you Packers fans, though, you guys, Aaron Rodgers could go out there and murder somebody. God forbid that happens, but he could go out there and murder somebody. And you guys are like, well, uh, uh, he did it best well, ever, though. So, did see, you as see, not a, did you, as not a yeah. Packers fan, oh, I, I don't, I don't subscribe to that school of thought. But right. I have. Okay, let me. All right, Aaron Rodgers is not, in my opinion a first ballot, first ballot, keyword. I do think he's a Hall of Famer. First ballot Hall of Famer, but not a first ballot. Or excuse me, second ballot Hall of Famer, not a first ballot. Because, are you ready? I will give you three, one, two, three, and I'll give you three three reasons why. And here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Aaron Rodgers is not a first ballot Hall of Famer because, one, his lack of volume statistics Rodgers currently right now, and I I think he I think when I checked it out, I'm pretty sure I'm right. Rodgers currently ranks 20th right now in all-time career passing yards. 
20th. 20th in all-time career passing yards. Second, I'm not I'm not done with that volume though one. I'm gonna come back to that one. Second, he has the same career accolades as Kurt Warner, guys. Kurt Warner was a second ballot Hall of Famer. Kurt Warner, undrafted store. We all know the story of Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner has a Super Bowl MVP. Super Bowl MVP ring, or, or all that. The win, of course. Two-time NFL MVP. Two-time AP selection. Second ballot Hall of Famer. Three, lack of postseason success. That is the big one. That is the big one. So for Rodgers, despite being in the conversation of the most talented quarterback of all time, I will say that he is probably the most talented. His lack of postseason success is mind-blowing to me. Guys, we're talking about 2010, the Super Bowl win against the Packers, or excuse me, the Steelers. That is it, you guys. That is it. Since that season, from 2011 to 2015, Rodgers has either gone once or won and done in the playoffs or losing the first that season. Or excuse me, I'm looking at my notes. Let me let me start over. I'm looking at my notes, I, I scribble a little bit. Since that season, from 2011 to 2015, Rodgers has either gone one, gone one and done in the playoffs, or losing the first game altogether. Compiling himself a career playoff record of nine and seven. You guys, lack of postseason success. Now let me go back to the first one. So lack of postseason success. Same career accolades as Kurt Warner who was a second ballot. Lack of volume. 20th in all-time career passing yards. I believe currently right now, if, 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 my, if my research is correct, around 16th in passing completions and 19th in passing attempts. Okay. Obviously, we you, break that you, down to good? Obviously, we break that down to a percentage. I'm not doing that math right now because obviously that's just one bland statistic right there. But the lack of volume statistics, 20th in all-time passing yards, same career accolades as Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner was second, ballot Hall of Famer. Lack of postseason success. My biggest one is the lack of postseason success, you guys. Nine and seven in the playoffs, give or take a game or two. So so postseason success – so would you agree then that Dan Marino should not be a first ballot Hall of Famer? I don't think Dan Marino should be. Well, he was. <laughs> um, mainly because yeah, he I, was I, first team. He was he was first all time. Also, um, the uh, the twentieth all time passing yards. Um, Aaron is actually twelfth right now. He's 12. If you look at uh, profootballreference.com, I can send you the link. He's actually 12th right behind. And he'll probably pass Warren Moon to be 11th this year. Um, And by his career, he will never be in the top five. And a big reason why his all-time marks are skewed is because he sat for the first three years of his career. Um, He was not – he was – let me jump in real quick. So 20th, that is my error, and, and I appreciate you correcting that. 20th mm-hmm. is Joe Montana. RJ, I was getting that mixed up because our last conversation mm-hmm. was about Joe Montana, and I was looking at Joe Montana's stats as well. So 12th, but that's that was my error. But still, 12th. 
behind, yeah. in, my, in my opinion, the only two first ballot Hall of Famers right now playing is Breeze and Brady. But but sorry, I'm sorry for cutting you off. I will let you. Finish. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're fine. You're fine. Um, but my my argument with, with well, Breeze and Brady are obviously ahead of him because they've one, they've been in the NFL longer. Uh, Brady was drafted in 2000. Breeze was drafted in 01. Rodgers wasn't drafted till 05. Right. And both of those guys were playing in either their first or second year in the NFL. Um, Rodgers was not a full-time starter until his fourth year in the NFL um, because he played behind another first ballot Hall of Famer, Brett Favre, his first three years. Um, But he is, besides that, he is, um, yeah, he's 12th in all-time passing. He's seventh all-time and NFL touchdown passes. Uh, when you look at yards per pass attempt, he is tied for ninth um, all time, which is ahead of uh, Bart, which is tied with Bart Starr, Ben Roethlisberger, and Philip Rivers. Drew Brees is 23rd in that category. Um, and Tom Brady is also lower than him. Um, he's number one in all time passer rating. Uh, number two is Russell Wilson. Um, he has been a two-time, as you mentioned with Kurt Warner, a two-time NFL MVP, a Super Bowl MVP. He also has the best touchdown to interception ratio. Um, and it's not even close. Um, is it's, uh, it's four and a half. He throws four and a half touchdowns to one interception. The next closest person is Russell Wilson, and it's a full touchdown low. Um, and Russell Wilson is mainly known for taking care of the football. Um, and he is at 3.479. He's 1.02 touchdowns to interceptions lower than where Aaron Rodgers is. Uh, right. So my thing is Aaron Rodgers is going to be in that category. And in a bunch of, if you look at per game or anything, he's ahead of Breeze. He's ahead of Tom Brady and the postseason success. He also has a higher passer rating in the playoffs than both Drew Brees and Tom Brady. Um, his passer rating in the playoffs is fifth all time. He's at uh, 100. Drew Brees is sixth. Tom Brady is all the way down to 15th. Um, there are teams, uh, Mark Sanchez, even though it's a bad sample, has a higher passer rating in the playoffs than Tom Brady does. Um, <laughs> Uh, Tony Romo also has a higher passer. And I'm not saying to compare. Tom Brady has played in a lot more playoff so, games and a lot bigger games than them. I'm just saying if we're going to use that specific like, playoff results, it's like, well, Aaron Rodgers has not played bad in those games. Most of those games um, that he has in his losses in the playoffs, our defense has given up an average of 33 points in those games. So playoff wins, yeah, are a thing, but they should not be a deciding factor. In If we're going to look at that, okay. Peyton Manning, okay. a first so, ballot so, Hall of Famer, so. had a terrible winning percentage in the playoffs. All right. It was so not Lucas, that good. It was like 500. Lucas, you, got, you got your numbers. Your numbers are accurate. Your, your numbers <laughs> will tell the story. Okay, But I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers, what we see on the field. Okay, but we what we actually see because I think when you look at the when you look at you know the numbers the numbers are good. You gotta you gotta look at you 
you got to pass the eye test. Okay. Hall of Famers always pass the eye test. Okay. Your numbers are right. Okay. I will take three things away from Aaron Rodgers, though. Before I tell you why he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, I will take away three things. One, the lack of playoff success does bother me a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's nine and seven. Part of the reason is he was not on particularly good teams that he faced in those playoffs. Okay. The reason for it is if I got 10 years of playing Minnesota, Detroit, and Chicago, I'd probably be in the playoffs too. That's number one. Or number if, two, you, know, you can make the same argument playing Buffalo, Miami. And right. The I could. I could. But again, this is not about Tom Brady. Okay. Tom Brady's got six rings. No, I know. You keep Tom Brady's name out of your mouth. But everyone okay. likes to compare everyone likes to compare the two. That's keep, that's my biggest thing. That's keep my Tom Brady's thing. name out your mouth. Okay. Tom Brady is the GOAT. Okay. I will fight you on this till I'm blue in the face. Tom Brady plays big. I'm not saying he's not the GOAT. I'm not saying he's not the GOAT. Okay. Back to my original point. Okay, So a couple of things to take away from Aaron Rodgers. You're right. He will never have the cumulative stats of the Breeze, Brady, and Mannings of the world. Okay, I'd also like to point out that all three of those, well, with the exception of Tom Brady, but he ended up at a quarterback needy team because Drew Bledsoe was awful, um, and he broke himself. Um, Peyton Manning was drafted number one overall, and Drew Brees was drafted by the, by the Chargers, wherever you want to call them, San Diego, Los Angeles, whatever, and the Chargers have never been a fairly significant franchise. He goes to New Orleans, gets Sean Payton. So those are his contemporaries. So those are the two things, really. That's only two things I'll take away from Aaron Rodgers. Playoff stats, don't really like them. And cumulative stats. However, when you look at Aaron Rodgers, okay, let's take his name off of his jersey. Is there anybody who looks better playing the quarterback position than Aaron Rodgers? Like on Sunday, no. there is not he a single person with the I would take young Aaron Rodgers over Patrick Mahomes. Yes. I, I agree. I we got, I we like, what are we? Are we talking the last two years, or are we talking the last? I, we're talking I like young. So, I when young was it then to 2014 Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I like mean, when, well, before well, the significant calf injury. Yeah, because Russell Wilson right now is not getting enough credit. But no, Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson right now should will win MVP. Yeah. But, yeah, but but so back to my point though is if you watch Aaron Rodgers, he's not a yeah, better yeah. deep ball thrower in the NFL, with the exception of Patrick Mahomes. Again, he's kind of he's an outlier right now. There's not a better. And honestly, when you look at like some of the advanced metrics in terms of overall pass accuracy, he's one of the best. He puts the ball where it needs to go. He has had the detriment of playing with less than I would say less than subpar receivers compared to his contemporaries. Most of the other teams draft wide receivers. Thank you. Aaron Rodgers has thrown balls to Jeff Janis. I'll say it again. Jeff Janis, who would not right. make the roster in most places. Okay. Now. Well, he that, didn't make the roster in Green Bay either. So, so that that's, that's again. He, he never had a Randy Moss. Couple, yeah. He never had Rob Gronkowski. Whoa. He never had Michael Thomas. He never had, you know, he never had. I he mean, had a, he, he had Jimmy Graham, but he had a broken down Jimmy Graham. He never had, and Monte, you can back me up. He never had that Demarius Thomas, Eric Decker, Wes Welker, Julius Thomas. Like, hey, I'm okay, going to throw okay. the ball wherever on the field. I will, I will disagree with you. Jordy Nelson for like a five year stretch was one That's of the best receivers in the NFL. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Jordy also he had. He wasn't Hall Greg of Famer. Jennings was That's very good. Point. He, Greg yeah, Jennings. he never had. He never had like a top elite guy. But like, let's not like Rogers say he never had him, any good. Yeah. 
Greg Jennings went to Minnesota, fell apart. Well, like, is Marvin Harrison good if he's not with Peyton? Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. Marvin Harrison is all pro with any quarterback out there. It comes back and forth. You need you need a you need a good wide receiver and a good quarterback combo to work. Like when Randy Moss wasn't in when he was in Oakland, like he was nothing. Sorry, for but but in Oakland, in Oakland, like he never did anything. Like you need in a good Oakland, quarterback. Still, and you need a good in Oakland. In Oakland, he still was like, "Hey, I got to walk up and I got to circle him on the chart and be like, okay, like this works." Jordy Nelson goes to Oakland. Yeah. We never well, hear like, from him again. So my well, point, also, my, my point is still bad. Quit trying well, to defend the fact. Also, of, Quit trying to defend the fat fact that the Packers never spend money. Okay, that's what you're trying to do. Just, you're trying to defend the no. Green Bay Packer organization. No. What no. I'm trying to sell them. They just paid. They just paid Kenny Clark. He's going to be the highest paid nose tackle in Ooh. NFL history. They paid, Ooh, they paid Kenny they Clark. Ooh, they paid a nose tackle. Millions of dollars. When, when, the, when the GM from the Oakland Raiders was about to cut you guys a deal like to get Khalil Mack, I don't want to hear it. You could have had Khalil right. Mack. Was, you could have had Khalil Mack. I and he went to Chicago. You you could have had Randy Moss, and they got undercut by the Patriots. You, you could have had no, Marshawn Lynch. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers walked into yeah. the front oh, office no, and said, my, "Hey, give me Marshawn." It's not. But my thing is, having wide receivers was never the issue of us winning. That well, was never. Maybe last year, but any other year, our offense was always good. It was always – if you look at any year besides 2010, Lucas, it was Lucas, our you're defense. undercutting the point I was trying that to was make, which is because of the fact that he did not play with the level of talent that his contemporaries played with, okay, Roethlisberger, Breeze, Brady, Manning, okay? If you can, if you can sit here and tell me that he, has, he had as good or better wide receiver tight end combos is any of those four guys – First, I'll call you a liar. Second, I will make the point that this is it. By saying he has good wide receivers, I'm making the point that he's really good. The incompletions that are made are oftentimes not his fault. Okay. And Monty, to your point, you said you brought up Kurt Warner. Okay. The only reason we remember yeah. Kurt Warner oh, was that yes. Was, that was my, so, my, so my really about, quick question on that is go ahead. So the only thing I would say about oh, Kurt Warner, say, go go ahead, Monte. <laughs> no, all I was going to ask is, I was just going to talk about the eyeball test. Yeah, talk, yeah, yes. So you're telling me Kurt Warner, did not, Kurt Warner did not pass the eyeball test. No, I'm saying Kurt Warner. I say Kurt Warner passed the eyeball test, but the only reason we remember Kurt Warner, and I know this because I was a Cardinal season ticket holder when it happened, is because Matt Liner flamed out. Kurt Warner was benched behind yeah. Matt Liner. Yeah, and if Matt Leinart turns into kind of okay, Matt Leinart, we never hear from Kurt Warner again because he wasn't. Well, I'm not even talking about when I'm talking about when he's with the St. Louis Rams. Which, but he wanted not why he's in the Hall of Fame. If it was just the St. Louis Rams, Kurt Warner is not in the Hall of Fame right now. Exactly. He did have a squad with him there. I can't really. I can't really and then and then and then Kurt Warner comes along and he has a team that has Anquan Bolden, Larry Fitzgerald, and Edgerin James. Like that team right there, I remember watching those teams. I had, like I said, I had season tickets that year. I even had tickets the year they went to the Super Bowl. Like yeah, those yeah. teams, those teams were really, really good. But Kurt Warner does not get to the Hall of Fame. Like if Kurt Warner is done in St. Louis, and then he kind of just 
goes off into the ether, we never talk about Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner does not get that gold jacket. Aaron Rodgers, yes. When you talk about MVPs and Super Bowls, yeah, okay, they're kind of on the same wavelength, but that's where the comparisons stop. And I think Kurt would even be the first person to tell you. Okay. Okay. Well, and the thing is, it's like we we always talk about we marvel at the – and for good reason, like what Patrick Mahomes does. But if you go back three, four, five years, we were doing the same thing when Aaron Rodgers was doing it. Um. Like he even did, I think, against uh, New Orleans, he did a no-look pass into the end zone. Um, so, and I think that gets forgotten because he had – and people say he had down years, even though his statistically his years have been really good the last – but it just never felt like it was a true Aaron Rodgers year. Like anytime Aaron okay. Rodgers made a ridiculous okay. throw, we'd be like, who – what right, other right, – right. before Patrick Mahomes, it was like, what other quarterback – Okay, Lucas. All right, I got a question for you, Lucas. Okay, okay, because I, I like I like what you guys are bringing to the table. Um, I do. Okay, what? Tell me. Okay, what happened? Because I'm I'm still saying Rogers is a second ballot because of I, I'm I'm hanging it my hat onto the the lack of postseason mm-hmm. success. Postseason yeah. games is where it all matters. It's where you're playing. First off, you're already playing the best of the best in the world because you're in the mm-hmm. NFL. But obviously, as we all know, once you get in the playoffs, now you're playing the best of the best this year in football. And obviously, if, as you keep it um, going and going, you're playing the better team, better team, better team, better team. And obviously, in the Super Bowl, et cetera, whatever. What happened in 2011? You guys had Driver. Yeah, it was Driver was old. Let me just say that. But you had Jennings, Nelson, Finley. Nelson had 68 catches for a 1,263 yards and 15 touchdowns. Yes. Jennings had 67 catches for 949 yards and nine touchdowns, and you guys lost to the Giants. No, I know. I was at a I was at a bar in Tempe. Uh, I was at a Buffalo Wild Wings in Tempe, Arizona, crying. No, not really no, crying, but yeah. Now hear me. I'm not when I say Rodgers is not a first ballot. I'm not. I'm trying to figure out a way to say this because if you ask me right now, who's the most talented quarterback in the NFL? I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to mm-hmm. say it. RJ knows it too. I. As much as I hate <laughs> saying it, I, I can't deny that. As a football player, former football player, and obviously watching the game now, I cannot deny that. I'll be a fool to deny that. But the lack of postseason success, man, in my well, opinion, first yeah. ballot Hall of Famers, if you're at the quarterback so, position, you have to win games. No, what about when they matter. matter. And I, yeah, I, and I agree with that. But I also, with yeah. RJ's point, with, the, with Peyton Manning, like, if Peyton Manning does it, first off, his second Super Bowl win, and Patrick knows this, that was because they had one of the all-time great defenses of all time. Peyton, Peyton Manning yeah. was five touchdowns in one my rookie year. Yeah, yeah, but was that the year yeah. you won the Super Bowl? No, or was that no. the year you lost fifty-two to nothing? We, but we still made it. When was the last time the Packers made it? Well, that's also. <laughs> The point we're getting to. We, yeah. 2013, it's arguably, like, statistically speaking, 2013 with Brady, or excuse me, with Manning is the, statistically speaking, the greatest NFL offense to ever play the game. Look it up. Statistically, we had three correct. players on offense at or over 10 touchdowns. Correct. We made it to the Super Bowl. He scored 50 through 55 that touchdowns offense in one year. was so deep with talent. Look at the Packers' offense. With the depth, I'm of going talent. back to 2011. Again, Jennings, the depth yes, of and I agree, Okay, let's and I go. Let's go. Let's go defense. You had BJ Raji at his prime. You yeah, had but that Clay Matthews, AJ Hawk. 
Can how I many, tell how you many know, points that, did they give up? That defense that was one of the worst defenses in NFL history in 2011. It was, it was, Even though in 2010 we had a top five defense, that 2011 defense was terrible. And also we lost – and it wasn't like we lost any team. The Giants won the Super Bowl that year. They it's not good. like – yeah, they didn't have a great regular season. They were good. But – they ended up winning the Super. They beat the Patriots that year um, for a second time, and I believe like four years. Was that the? Uh, that was their. No, first no, no, that was uh, no, that was the first one where they beat them sixteen zero. This was, uh, yeah, the Giants came in, kind of got once again got red hot, and they they beat us like they did in in '07. And it's not like we haven't been close. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been to four. NFC Championship games in his career. He won the first one in 2010. Deserved to be there. Yeah, in 20, 2014 was the year we. And I hate talking about 2014 because we blew a we blew a 16 point lead within the last five minutes or 12 point lead in five minutes. Was that the year against the Seahawks or was that? Yes, yes, Seahawks. Seahawks. Every Packers fan has nightmares of that. Okay. Yeah, um, and then 2016, we were we were a team that started four and six. We ended up winning our last. That was the run the table year. And Rodgers in those six games played as well as any quarterback in NFL. His I think he threw 20 touchdowns and one interception in his last six games. And then we we and then we we lost oh, we to Atlanta four games in throwing 15. <laughs> yeah, well. That, that's what I'm just saying. It's just like he has played well in the playoffs. It's just not always the team has always okay. backed him up. And he hasn't played like in that, that game against uh, Seattle that we lost. Aaron Rodgers did not play well in that game. He threw two bad interceptions in that so game fine. that completely flipped the field. But that wasn't like the, the reason why we lost it. We were up 16-3 to going into the fourth quarter. And – Field, posi- or field, field positioning, uh, momentum. And we had we, yeah. we had two uh, we had two possessions in that game where we had fourth and goal at the one yard line, and we kicked field goals in the first half. Now, Lucas, so it's Lucas, you're you're leaving out one big steaming thing that accounts for some of Aaron Rodgers' problems in the playoffs. And I think this is something that we've kind of overlooked because we talk about players like they're in a bubble by themselves. But what also does a team need to function? Coaching, right? Well, Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy has one of the best assembled offenses in football right now and can't beat the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns. Well, you're not even a Packers fan. You're not even a Packers fan, right? I'm not even a Packers fan. And I'm like, hey, listen. Like, Mike McCarthy is his dad. But his dad has, like, the best collection of Packer memorabilia. Okay, my dad has a whole question. Go ahead. Answer me this question. So, because I'm still on the lack of postseason success. That's that's, postseason games, as we all know, is the true testament of. Mm-hmm. You know, contender, pretender, are you a leader of the team? Or you know what I'm saying? All that jazz. But, but is that a team? But is that a team or as here's my question? Like here's my question. I got I got one question. Based on the stats right now, he's what nine and seven in the playoffs. 
is it safe to say that teams know how to prepare against Aaron Rodgers when it's playoff time? I no, think but they, they know did. how to prepare against the rest of the offense. They yes. know how to prepare. They know how to prepare against Michael Carson. Carson, like that's that's like how do you entirely, the Packers is, receivers? Is your physical with them at the line right. under Mike McCarthy's system? And what you because never, if they can't get off, which they couldn't. And here's why you never see. And this is again, Mike McCarthy is. I mean, I don't know of a other comparison where. You know, except for in NBA coaches, um, maybe even current the current uh, Bucks head coach. Right. Sorry, Lucas, where he is so up water or up a creek when he cannot change his play calling mid game. Mike McCarthy, I don't have stats to back this up, but I would be willing to bet Mike McCarthy cannot make is, adjustment. is the worst halftime adjustment head coach in NFL history, particularly right. in the playoffs. I agree. The talent yeah. gets. The talent gets better. The the game plan gets better. You know, and Monte, you'd probably even know this well. Peyton Manning was one of the best at going into the halftime going, okay, this is what they're, this is what I'm seeing. This is what we're doing. Here's how we're going to fix this. Now, I think that Aaron Rodgers, it took Aaron Rodgers time to figure out how to be smart. I, I don't remember who it was. I think it was Chris Collinsworth called Aaron Rodgers the smartest man in football right now. I have to agree with that statement. I think he's finally at the point where when he comes to the line of scrimmage, he's playing three-dimensional chess. And some of these defenses, especially with no extended training camps and no preseason, are playing one-dimensional checkers. And I think at this point now in Aaron's career, he's finally getting to that point. And under an offensive head coach who is aware of what Aaron Rodgers is capable of. I didn't necessarily like the Matt LaFleur hire. I think he looks like a 12-year-old on those sidelines. But I think he is a good enough head coach to know I have to bring Aaron to the table and I have to be comfortable with that because Aaron Rodgers has an ego. Okay. The last quarterback I've seen who hasn't had an ego like this was John Elway. Like, I'm the best there is. Move aside. Like, and so I think with Aaron Rodgers, I think I think Aaron Rodgers is the first. I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. And I think part of it is just you can't look at just postseason wins and losses it's like wins and losses for pitchers it's a dumb statistic that if you're going to hang nine and seven on aaron Rodgers, you have to hang nine and seven on mike mccarthy and he still got the dallas jump no i agree um i like that no and with no i like um no a lot of those i like that and you know just kind of yeah like you said mike mccarthy and i think one of the things that under Mike McCarthy, if you look at her history, besides maybe a couple of years of Eddie Lacy and like one year of Ryan Grant, they never had a consistent run. James Stark. At all. Okay, well, and that was the big reason why we ended up going to the playoffs that year or winning the Super Bowl was because James Stark. He had a good year. Um, what did he do? He had a good playoffs. Like, what yeah. did he do after that? Like, was he talented or was, was he able to take Time advantage of the seven guys in the box, right? Like, yeah. they, okay. the offensive depth extends beyond, like, just the pass catchers. Like, we won't even go into tight ends since Jermichael Finley. Yeah. And even Jermichael Finley only because- had one solid year. When, when the Packers have success – so what I'm hearing is when the Packers have success, it's because of Rodgers. When the Packers don't have success – 
it's not because of Rodgers. It's because of the coach or it's because a running back didn't play. Half of those wins, though, if you look back at them, um, a lot of those were in overtime where Rodgers didn't even have – I think Mike McCarthy has the record for the most playoff appearances where they lost on a last possession. Um, where Rodgers doesn't even have the, like they lost in Arizona, that crazy year he threw. Yeah. Twice where, um, they didn't even call a face mask penalty on, uh, on that final play. Oh, I was, I was at that, I was at that Cardinal game. Yeah. And then, and then against them, and I think that was 2015, um, where we didn't even get the ball to our offense in overtime. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers threw a ridiculous Hail Mary to send us to overtime. We lost in Seattle in overtime. We lost in to San Francisco um, in 2013 in overtime. We were, uh, our offense, never, I think it was four or five of those playoff losses where it went to overtime or the end of the game, and Aaron did not even get a last possession with it. So that just leads you to where it's like, okay, where – what could he have done? Yeah, there's probably some plays in there. He could have played better, but I mean, oh well, yeah, that's that's every player. Right. Right. We're, right. We're honestly not like, in my opinion, if Aaron Rodgers is not coming up the same time as Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, we're not critiquing him nearly as hard as this goes. I think it's because people are like Aaron Rodgers might be before I think honorably Patrick Mahomes might be the most talented player to play the quarterback position. Why doesn't he have more Super Bowl rings when you have Tom Brady? Who Tom Brady's awesome. But like I really it doesn't he doesn't come out to you as this crazy athletic ridiculous like, you know, he was a 6-round draft pick. Like he was okay at Michigan, he wasn't great. Um you know, why does he have six Super Bowl? It's like, well, he's a great quarterback and he was also paired with He's right. probably arguably the greatest head coach of all time. And I think Absolutely. if Aaron Rodgers plays in like the 90s or 80s, he's viewed a lot differently than he is now. I honestly think – I think – No, what I was going to say is what I, what I believe from this conversation – and yeah, Patty, I'll let you go with what you're going to say. No worries. You guys are – I'm not going to say you're changing my opinion, but I'm going to do more research – I'm going to figure it out. I'm still saying I don't think he's first ballot because I – if I was a voter, I – oh, man. Here, well, here's uh, the deal. Here's my, what we're saying. He's probably got – he's 35. He's probably got, what, three, four more years? I mean, he can get a lot. He's got more than that. He's got he can, 10. He can get a yeah. lot more done. He can he's get 36. A lot more he's 36. 36. 36 okay. or 37. All right, go ahead, Patty. Sorry, man. So what I, what I was going to say is like look at like – look if you just look at like pure numbers standpoint, okay – I look at like how Aaron Rodgers, I always like to picture what Aaron Rodgers would look like under a different head coach. Okay. Because like I look at Tom Brady and I go, okay, he's under Bruce Arians and it still looks very Tom Brady. Like he's still got a little zip on his fastball, not as much as he used to, but he's still Tom Brady. Peyton Manning was the same thing. Like Peyton Manning in Denver, Peyton Manning in Indy. I like to think of what Aaron Rodgers would be in a different, if a different head coach and would he be successful? And I think of, and I think the perfect system. I know, and I think, and I think we're starting to see that with Matt Lafleur. But let's say, let's say we go back in time, and let's say somehow Aaron Rodgers ends up playing under Gary Kubiak while he was the head coach of the Houston Texans. Okay, he runs that that zone 
you know, bootleg gun, you know, system that Matt mm-hmm. Schaub turned him, it turned Matt Schaub into a Pro Bowl quarterback. This is Matt Schaub we're talking about. Right. Matt Schaub was not very good. Okay. He Nick. probably would have played with his best receiver. Well, he ever would have what, do you, what do you think? I mean, yeah. that's, that's the kind of system he's playing under right now. That's right, so exactly. Already, now he's playing in that very, scum, like, yeah. that very Kyle Shanahan, you know, the very Mike, Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, Gary Kublik, that, you know, where he would have been able to run the ball with just about anybody. Okay. Like you look back at some of those Mike Shanahan teams where they're running the ball with like Mike Bell. What? No. Um, you look Mike, at the, Mike Anderson. Yeah, Mike Anderson. <laughs> you know, you like you look at some of these running backs and you're like, you were good for a year, and then Mike Shanahan was like, Cool, I don't need you anymore. Who's I'm that a, Gary guy. Which guy? That Gary guy really good. Gary Kubiak? Yeah, Gary No, uh the running back. Oh, God. oh, what was his last name? I cannot remember. You know who I'm talking about, too. Yeah, I know exactly yeah, who uh, your last there name. Was, there was Clinton Portis, who then they tried Clinton to get to Portis, Washington. Mike Anderson. Tatum um, Bell was in that roster. Oh Tatum, Tatum Bell was. Tatum. Yeah, Tatum, uh, Tatum, Tatum was a. Well, no, Moreno was later on, but. Yeah, no, Sean was a first round pick, and he was picked under the um, McDaniels. Um, uh, yep. regime. But, uh, but I go back yep. to like, if Aaron Rodgers plays for another coach who has a different system, who can really, who really took the time to like, okay, let me plug Aaron Rodgers into a system that I know is going to benefit his skill set. He came out of Cal. He was a shotgun, move around, chuck the ball. It's the Pac-12. Okay. If you think you're in the pro system in the Pac-12, you're doing it wrong. Okay. This is just what it was. It was very air raidy. And I think if you look at Aaron Rodgers and you go, okay, let's put him in one of these places with one of these better head coaches. I'm not saying Mike McCarthy is a bad head coach, but like he feels like a retread every time his name came up anywhere. Like in Dallas, like I watched the Dallas Cowboys. I'm like, offensive coordinator, Mike McCarthy. He was the play Um, caller. Joe Joe Philbin. Yeah, Yeah, Joe Philbin for a couple. Because I think with with what you're saying right now. With what you're saying right now, Patty, I, I I can't agree with you there because I know for a fact if if Aaron Rodgers had an offensive coordinator like Josh McDaniels, it would be ridiculous. It would be absolutely that, that's exactly what he's talking about. That's exactly my just, point. Yeah. No, made his I, point. I, that's I exactly said my I point. said I agree with you. Well, uh, oh, I thought okay. you said disagree. And, yeah, and no, I said I agree with you. I was going to say, okay. even uh, Tom yeah, Brady had to come out and said, like, what was it, like a couple of years ago, said if Tom Brady or if Aaron, Tom Brady had said if Aaron Rodgers had the coaching that we had, he'd throw for 7,000 yards every year. And, <laughs> like, but, like, he, he legitimately said that in an interview. Um, like, and I don't think that I think that's it was anything. just a couple of years because we played New England. So, and that's, and that's part of it is what? that New, New England has a system in place that great players get greater. You know, Tom Brady, I don't right. know if Tom Brady ends up being a Hall of Famer if he doesn't have Bill Belichick for the first, what, 16 years of his career. But I do no. think, I do think that Tom Brady would have been great eventually somewhere else. But I think when you look at Aaron Rodgers and you look at the body of work and you kind of step back and go, okay. And you look at Aaron Rodgers' body of work, it has to come down to the fact that if you're counting wins and losses, particularly in the playoffs, you got to look at, okay, what was the situation around him? Okay. Now, this is different than it is in the NBA. 
in the NBA, I don't really care who your head coach is. Like Michael Jordan, best player ever. Like LeBron James would probably be winning this finals, you know, winning these finals without Frank Vogel. Like it just doesn't matter. But I think in football, because there are, you know, there are 20 significant amount of adjustments. There's yeah. There's 23 other guys. There's, there's 21 other guys at any point that can have an impact on that game. Like if your head coach doesn't have that, you know, that real just like savviness about him, uh, particularly with a guy like Aaron, who is going to tell you where the bull has gone number two. Like you're not going to get that level of talent around him and therefore wins and losses become almost a moot point. You know, again, I bring it back to pitchers in baseball. Jacob deGrom had a 500 record a couple years ago, still wins the Cy Young. Still the best pitcher in baseball. Be sorry that the other eight guys couldn't hit or run or field. So when I look at Aaron Rodgers, like he can only do so much and it's about the world around him. And I truly believe that the reason why we are going to see him as a first ballot Hall of Famer, I'll put money on it right now. I think in that same class, he'll get the highest percentage of votes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I, I, I like your guys' passion. I do. And and honestly, I, I, I will do more research. I will, I will dive more into it and maybe I will change my mind um, uh, because I like, I like your points. I do like let, your points. Let, uh, let's, let's talk after, let's talk after the regular season, after Aaron Rodgers goes on one of these ridiculous mm-hmm. tears where he throws 40 touchdowns and like two picks. And then like, you can really see what Aaron Rodgers looks like. <laughs> not to, not in this NFC. This NFC is awful. This NFC like yeah. with the exception of the West <laughs> is awful. Like New England or not New England, Tampa Bay the and Tom the Bears Brady. are four and one. Or God yeah, sakes. the Bears are four and one. The Eagles are nonsense. Mike McCarthy still running the Dallas Cowboys. Like, <sighs> it, 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 seriously, if there's one head coach, I've got a bone to it's pick. A, with it, Mike yeah, it, it's Mike it's, McCarthy. It's that dude Arthur, had a good job for way Arthur, too long. What's your take on? I mean, I know obviously you think he's first ballot, but I, I guess to to kind of end this segment i you guys threw a lot of facts at me you hit me you hit me pretty hard and i and i deserved it um i'm still gonna i'm still right now currently i'm gonna go to bed my head's gonna hit the pillow tonight and i'm still gonna think he's second ballot but i will continue to do more research and follow him closely this year because we all know my opinion matters the most in the actual (laughs) (laughs) and uh, i'll see what happens So before we get any further, Orlandis Gary. There That's the guy is. where it's you're welcome. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Man, I think everybody knows everybody knows Madden's when I was young and I'm like, huh, who is this guy? All right, so I mean we obviously tackled uh the NFL. We 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 were very passionate um about Rogers, which I think is which I which I think is phenomenal. Um so we got a Packers fan, two Packers fans here, that being RJ and the other being Lucas. Uh Patrick, I don't think you've met are you a Bears? You haven't mentioned no, who you no, are a Broncos fan. I, I grew up a Denver fan. Broncos, you didn't I grew up a Denver fan. Um right. more re- more recently so with my own kind of more issues with the NFL have kind of followed so large Elway. Let's talk about John Elway. Let's get in that. I mean, that, that's really the only topic we need to have. <laughs> Denver has been trash. Let, let me just say this. Ever since 
I mean, Peyton Manning was, was like an anomaly. Like, oh, a free agent, a Hall of Famer? Yeah, please. <laughs> we'll take him. Uh, you know what I mean? Kind of fell into Elway's lap. Let's yeah. take Elway out the equation. Yo. So I backs w- are. Oh, quarterbacks. <laughs> So I'll look, I'll look at it this way. Okay. So I take all of the problems with the Denver Broncos and I trace it back to the time Mr. Bowling got sick. Okay. And then eventually passed. I, I, I honestly believe if Pat Bowling were healthy and strong, this team would not look the way it does. Um, I think, I, I think that, yeah, I I think his track record goes, if you ain't getting it done, I'm going to find somebody else who will. Here's the problem. And I said this, and uh, Lucas can even back me up on this, when they hired John Elway. Yes. Okay? I said this. I said, okay, if you hire John Elway, that's fine. But you hire John Elway with the understanding that at no point can you fire him. He can, it's only, he's only going to leave if he actually quits or retires or whatever. Right. Because John Elway, there is there are very few players in the NFL that mean so much to a given franchise that once that I mean once that is what it is, you can no longer go back. Okay. Here's what I will say. He has done a tremendous job of evaluating talent on the defensive side of the football. Okay. He has found guys that teams have thrown away. He knows pass rushers. He knows what he's looking for in defensive back, and he's consistent. Okay. He knows what he likes. Okay. I also will give John Elway credit where credit is due. If there's a free agent that John Elway wants to get, if they co show up in the building in Denver, they don't leave without a contract. Okay. They just don't. Okay. Emmanuel Sanders is the perfect example of that. He had a deal in place with Kansas City, takes right. a irroutine flight to Denver, boom, signs the deal. However, John Elway's abil- ability to evaluate the offensive line position and particularly his own position, the quarterback. So far has not worked out. Okay. I I I think part of it is he knows the quarterback position so well from playing it that he doesn't know what he likes when he's looking at it. And for that I'm reason, it's not translating well. Right. Like he's done a really good job of balancing the books and getting talent, but like he's such a bad quarterback evaluator. Like, and I just haven't figured out that is, but also he has run into that problem where he routinely has to find quarterbacks. So sometimes he reaches and he makes decisions that are trying to, he's trying to stick his finger in the deck. Like he's trying to plug up the water. And I just don't think that that's how the quarterback position works. And I, going back to Aaron Rodgers, I hate to go back to Aaron Rodgers, but when you look at the Green Bay Packers, they take Aaron Rodgers when they have Brett Favre. They take Jordan Love when they have Aaron Rodgers. The worst time to need a quarterback is when you need one. And I've seen the Patriots cycle in and cycle out quarterbacks and say, okay, if Tom Brady's done cool, I've got Jimmy Garoppolo. Or, hey, Cam Newton's probably going to be a free agent, so let's just do that. You know, I, I have routinely seen I have routinely seen good teams do that. The New Orleans Saints, hey, we don't know if Drew Brees is going to stick around. Okay, let's bring in Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, he's going to leave? Okay, let's bring in Jameis Winston. Denver never did that. And when they thought Brock Osweiler was going to be the guy, Sun Devil went to Arizona State. What's up, Sun Devil Nation? Um, that was supposed to be the plan. But at no point have I ever looked at like the quarterback that John Elway has drafted and gone, that's the guy. Like me personally, I'm not sold on Drew Locke. I didn't like him at Missouri. Like no, I like, and honestly, as a as a Denver supporter, it sounds really awful. You never want your team to root for losses. But I was like, maybe this is the answer. Maybe we have to be so bad 
that the only option we have is to take Trevor Lawrence. But then you look at the Jets and you go, no, just kidding. The Jets are that bad. <laughs> so, so I exactly I, no, I'm right there with you. It's just, it's just I'm right I, there like with you. his evaluation bad. He just doesn't know what he's looking at and going, okay, like, is this something we want to do? I don't understand it, man. I mean, we've, we've cycled through the Broncos have cycled through since Manning. Um, six, seven. Oh, it's like, it's like eight now. Quarterbacks. Okay. So if you just go back oh, from, from right now. Okay. So you go I, I, Brett Ripien. Uh, so if you just go back no in terms Flacco. of, if you go back from guys who, if you just go back on guys who have gotten starts, it's Brett Ripon, Drew Locke, Jeff Driscoll. But long story short, remember, he's not getting it done there at that position. Oh, uh, Trevor, Trevor, Trevor Simeon, Trevor Simeon, Trevor Simeon, Case Keenum. Go, I really do. I feel like, like they have it, to figure out a way to get him out. I think, yeah, it's going to be difficult for them to do that because of how important he is to that. Franchise. And like, if you commit, and if you commit to a regime change, I mean, it has to be top to bottom, like. Joe Ellis has to go. The president with it. Uh, the Broncos. I think too, it's 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 going to be interesting. I think that the Broncos. Obviously, I'm a fan as well. I feel like we should tank the season. I really do. I. Uh, this is what I honestly want. And it's going to sound crazy. You're going to think that I'm not a Broncos fan because of because I'm saying this. I think we should tank the season. I think we should just lose out, tank the season, obviously to get a high pick. And I think Von Miller should leave. I honestly think, I think Von should leave. I do. Really? I think Vaughn should leave. We free up some of that cap space and maybe get some more players. Not saying Vaughn's not a great player. He's still a great player. Obviously, he's out this year because of his injury, but I think his time in Denver's. I think it's done. I think it's time for him to move on. And I think it's time for some other young players to step up on that defensive side of the ball and that's to kind of spread some of that money around and get some other players. So I look at Vaughn, I look at Vaughn Miller and I look at two things. One, he will go down as the best defensive player in Denver Bronco history. Okay, it's number one. Okay, I already think he is. I think he leaped, he finally leaped uh, Tom Jackson and Champ Bailey. But I think he will go down as the best defensive player in Broncos history. But I think the problem that you run into is twofold. One, he's already said, hey, I want to be a Bronco for life. And I think Denver fans, specifically those in Denver, are going to want to hang on to him forever. Like, whether or not he's good, I think he's turning into DeMarcus Ware in Dallas. Like, you love him, but... Sometimes you just can't be paying a dude that much money. Like, you just can't. Clay Matthews. Yeah. yeah. You can't do it. Exactly. Like, you know, the Indomitian Sioux got too expensive. Like, like, and I think I look, I look at, like, the wide receiving core that John Elway has secretly put together. I think in three years it could be the best core in football. Like, seriously. You go Cortland Sutton who was out with an injury, Jerry Judy, who the fact that the Oakland Raiders didn't draft Jerry Judy, like, what are you guys doing? And then um, the kid out of Pitt, KJ Hamler, KJ Hamler, and then Noah Fant. Like, oh, and then they took the other. He's a lot faster than I thought. Oh, and then they took the other fast tight end in the draft this year too. And him and Noah Fant have been running sprinters against each other. And they're just as fast. And he's just as fast. Like, for some reason, John Elway has like eight tight ends on the roster coming into like yeah. the season. Or yeah, something yeah. Like John that. Elway had collected like John Elway had collected all of the Big Ten tight ends. He had um, at one point uh, Jake, Jake Butts. Butts. 
who's out of Michigan. Uh, Jeff Hireman out of Ohio State. Troy, Troy Fumagalli. Fumagalli. Yep, Troy Fumagalli out of Wisconsin. Noah Fant out of Fumagalli. Iowa. Like, yeah, it's just John Elway loves tight ends. I don't know what to do. They, yeah, big, yeah, big bodies. They can, they can, they can block too. Um, well, Fant, I don't know if really Fant, but hey, did you guys? My so I'm using my AirPods. Did you guys hear me when I was talking about Vaughn? Yeah, I did. Yeah, but apparently you can't hear anybody because you keep talking all over everybody. <laughs> I know my AirPods went out. My AirPods went out, so I just kept talking, and then I wasn't hearing anybody. But then I saw Patrick. I saw your, uh, you know, obviously my lines bounce. At the, my laptop. Yeah, your line. I'm like, oh, am I talking? Because my AirPods went out. I had to reconnect them. So all right, as long as you guys heard me, my apologies for talking over. I, I couldn't hear anybody, and I was like, did they? Did they leave me? Like, it's, it's, we just figured you were rude and spoiled. <laughs> it's your, it's, <laughs> it's your world. It's your world. We're just living in it. Oh, my mm-hmm. bad. I, so I don't even know how it went. I just I remember just talking about Vaughn. He needs it's it's his time to leave. Uh, he's too expensive. And then my AirPods went out. And then I kept talking. And then once I reconnected them, then you were talking, uh, Patrick, about it. So I was like, okay, maybe they heard me. Maybe they did. I don't know. So yeah, that's that's. That's really my take on it, man. I'm obviously a uh, diehard Broncos fan, but I think it's time for us to just, I mean, I think we got to do something significant, and that's either lose out um, or, or or get rid of LA. Or See, what, you, what you can do, and I'm going to throw this out there. You guys can either take it and run with it, or you can just <laughs> send it back my way. But you can offer up two first-round picks for Jordan Love, <laughs> and we'll think about giving them to you guys. I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe why, why would we? Why would we? With that we'll, why would we'll we trade you it. two first round picks when you guys couldn't unsheath two first round picks to get Khalil Mack? Like, How, how's that trade worked out for the Bears? Uh, Besides the first year, he's been. I mean, that's what I'm saying. He's been like, playing well, right? Yeah, yeah like, but what have no. they done as a franchise? Yeah. What have the Packers done of the franchise? Like, like except for struggle in the pass rush. Championship game. Like, except for struggle in the pass rush. Like, like I would get Khalil Mack. We don't get Zadarius or Preston Smith, who was the best sacking duo in the NFL last year. Okay, so how many? Okay, so how many sacks? Zadarius Smith led the league in uh, uh, what is that pass block or win rate? Pass rush one way last yeah. year. And he, he's, he, he's tied he, for the Jadavian most backs this year, too. Okay, so Jadavian Clowney is actually a run-stopping DM. That's actually a huge misnomer. Jadavian Clowney is actually better on the run than he is in the pass. Thanks for playing. Well, he actually has the most quarterback uh, rushes or hurries this year. But He doesn't have the stats, but he actually has – he's very high in hurries and uh, plays affected. Sure. But, yeah, J- Jadavian Clowney, if you just look at him, on even on paper, like him in the run – over his career is actually better than him in the past. But I, I look at it and I go, I remember a time, this was before you signed Zedarius and Preston Smith. Okay. This is before your your G, your general manager and your governing body said, okay, let's one let's year, one year before we signed. And I remember I literally remember listening to I think it was Packers Talk Radio. And they were like, Yeah, if only we could get a pass rusher like Khalil Mack. And I don't think my head hit the steering wheel hard enough. Cause I was like, like, like the GM of the Raiders at the time was former Packer Packers front office guy. Um, 
Reggie, what's his name? Yes. Okay. It was and uh, he, Reggie McKenzie. Reggie McKenzie. And I, there was already type writing on the wall that if the Packers had picked up the phone, they would have gotten a better deal than the Chicago Bears did. Like, and instead, like. Well, can, can I counter in? The Raiders actually turned down our offer. We offered, um, it was reported the same thing that the Bears did, but they expected the Bears to be worse than us this year or that year. So they knew the first round pick. It was, they thought the, 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 the Bears pick was going to be a top 10 pick and ours was going to be like a top 25 pick. So that was also a big reason why they took the Bears deal over us. And the fact the Bears offered an extra first, I think, for the year after. Um, so they thought they were and, getting a better okay. first and, round and pick let me ask you from this. them so, than they did from so us. You count, so you count your first round picks. Okay. And this and this is why I, I hate this idea that teams have to sit on first round picks. Okay. Especially when there's like generational talent available. Okay. Is any are any of the players you drafted with the three first round picks you saved? Are any of them as good or better than Khalil Mack? Are the three of them combined as good or better than Khalil Mack? The answer to that question is probably. I not. think that Darnell Savage has a chance. Jair Alexander is one of the best corners in the league right now. Yes. So you have two stud defenders that you're going to have for. 10, 12 years, and if, that's really if you, where if you've you think, been. If you think you're getting 10, 12 years out of two defensive backs, you are sorely mistaken. But okay. uh, I mean, Patrick Peterson. Yes, Patrick Peterson plays is, for I am, I am putting team. it out there very... Like, he plays for a star-hungry team who... Yeah, you got who, six, who six to eight years. You're right, yeah. usually. Usually they're going to get to their first free so. agent contract, especially if Jair Alexander is as good as he is for a long time. Some team, okay, that has been known to sign free agents, unless you tag him, and tagging cornerbacks is not cheap. Like, it just doesn't work out. Like, it just, I, and I, and I no. know I sound like a broken I mean, record, but like, Jair Alexander's good. And sure, Darnell Savage has the opportunity to be really good, but it goes back to what we were talking about in the Aaron Rodgers discussion. What are you doing to win right now? But I don't think Khalil Mack makes – I mean, that year, that team, they won six freaking games in 2018. And then you add Zadarius Smith in 2019 along with Preston Smith. So you basically got that same amount of production in a year you were actually pretty good. I don't think Khalil Mack is the difference between them being a Super Bowl team last year when they had one of the best pass rushing duos in the NFL. And Khalil Mack – actually since the start of last year into this year only has five and a half sacks. So it's not like, obviously they double him and everything, but it's not like he's been this immaculate. It's not like he's been Aaron Donald the last two years. Um, Like, yeah, you could argue that in 2018, but like they weren't that good of a team in 20. I don't think Khalil Mack makes that big of a difference where last year, if they have Khalil Mack, they're not paying Zadarius and Preston Smith the amount of money that they're making. And to go to RJ's point, they also don't draft um, Jair Alexander. They don't get Darnell Savage. I know a lot of people on Rashawn Gary, but before he got hurt this year, 
it's just his second year. He looked like he was starting to look like a stud. And the fact you're able to pair that, I think it's just going to work out, you know, pretty well. It's not like they made an aggressive pact. It just, he happened to go to the bears and, you know, that's unfortunate, but I don't think they, they, they can't make those other moves. And I don't think it, it takes, it'd be one thing if, you know, they had went, they won 12 games in 2018 and a pass rusher was their only thing, but they went six, nine and one. And then last year they went 13 and three. And their biggest thing was their offense wasn't great and they couldn't stop the run. And I don't think Khalil Mack is the difference maker in that year. I, 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 get, I, get, I get your point. I do. I honestly get your point. You say, okay, we got all these other assets, but I don't know. That just seems, that just seems very small market thinking. It just, Khalil Mack is a known commodity. Okay. If JJ Watt became available tomorrow, would you acquire him? The answer is yes. Von Miller three years ago comes available. Do no. you acquire him? No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't acquire him. He hasn't played. He's played eight games in the last two are, years. Are you talking J.J. Watt from four years yes. ago before the back and yeah, neck let's, injuries? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's say you okay. get known commodity J.J. Yeah, Watt. Yeah, different story. Right. Okay, let's say you get Von Miller circa 2016. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I know when it comes to being good on the field, yeah, you can have a bunch of talent all over the place, but unless you have an honest-to-God pure outside pass rusher, you will not win the Super Bowl. It is. It is. My my argument is is that they ended up getting. So Darius Smith leads the league in sacks this year. He's tied for first. Like I just, my argument is, Khalil Mack. The last two years does not get them to the Super Bowl. Like my my thing, my argument with you is like, would Darius Smith get into the Super Bowl two years ago? I don't believe that's the case. Would he have gone into the Super Bowl maybe in twenty fourteen? Yeah. Like, I think that's a great argument. But the thing is, is you when you look at the team now, like, I don't believe they need a Khalil Mack to make the Super Bowl when they have pretty capable pass rushers right now. Um, and even in 2018, I don't think he makes the – because we didn't have the Smith brothers at that point. I don't think Khalil Mack gets us even to the playoffs um, in 2018. And I, I would take – you could already. I'm not saying I would take Zedaria Smith over Khalil Mack, but statistically, he's been better. He was better last year than Khalil Mack was. But wouldn't you? And argue? he was better this year. And you're you're not able to get him if you make that deal for Khalil. I don't know. I just I think when you look at you, I just I I I think though it goes back to okay. So Khalil Mack goes to a Chicago Bears team that's pretty awful. We can all agree. Bears are somehow four and one, but well, the defense, make- their defense, what their defense was legit before he even got there, and he made them like the the best defensive. Right, unit. and I can I can speak on that too. Danny Danny Trevathan is a is a. I hated he, practicing against him every he's day. The dirtiest player in the yes, NFL. Uh, they had Rokon Smith. They had Eddie Goldman. They had Eddie Jackson. Like, they already had a stud defense before they even got Khalil. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I love the passion. I love the, I love the take on it. It is a very, very hot take, a good take. I think, uh, 
I think we, yeah, we filled we filled this bad boy with a lot of content, fellas. I mean, I, I, jeez, 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 that was good, RJ. What you thinking, man? Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. I think we could go for another two hours. Probably, oh, for sure. yeah. I think we got it in this. I think we got it in this. I gotta wrap this bad boy up, though, fellas. Uh, um. You know, we're about an hour and 24 minutes in. I think, I think we, <laughs> I think we hit the mark, but listen, we covered, man, we covered the NFL. We talked about yeah. Orlandis Gary for Christ's sake. We <laughs> did a lot. <laughs> that is pretty funny. I mean, we covered a lot and that was fun. You guys, uh, we, we, this most definitely won't be the last time. All right. We'll, we'll, We'll keep the door open. Maybe what what was this the thirtieth, thirty first episode, RJ? Thirty sec, thirty thirtieth, thirty first, or I guess these are like yeah, thirty point five, exactly. So we maybe open the door for you guys, maybe again, and you know, episode thirty five or thirty four, depending on you know, obviously what's what's going on <laughs> in sports and in the world, and we'll we can dive into that. Uh, well, I, I was gonna say if you uh, if you do any Badger content, like. I could have probably talked on here for about 10 hours about that stuff. So, oh, yeah. Um, that's, that's anytime with that. Yeah. <laughs> Grand for life. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, fellas, Patty, what was it again? Patty. Patty Swag. Uh, Patty Swags. Patty Swags. Patty Swags. Patrick, thank you, man, for joining our podcast. Lucas. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you very much, man. We we must have. Yeah, thank you very much for letting us come on. Yeah, absolutely. RJ, Talking you off. close this bad boy out. How we usually do. Uh, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Find us at untappedkeg.com, uh, at untappedkeg on Twitter, untappedkeg on Facebook, untappedkeg everywhere. Right. Um, you know, hit us up. Any questions, topics you want to hear about, um, you know, honestly, anything we're willing to talk about. So, absolutely. We'll where can they find you, Mons? You guys can find me. Same thing, Untap Keg, pretty much everywhere. Every social media platform, every streaming uh, platform as well. Um, and oh well, well, podcast platforms, I should say. Uh, but obviously, my personal page is Monte Ball Twenty Eight on Twitter, Monte Ball on Instagram. Please reach out, send us questions, messages. If it's about sobriety, it's if it's about anything along those lines, we're here to help. Um, and again, Patty Swags Patrick. Yes, sir. Where can they find you on Twitter, man? Um, you can find me at Patrick R. Wagner. That's my name. So if Patrick you wanna... R. Wagner. You guys can you guys can shoot him messages, cussing him out and everything, telling him he doesn't know what he's Absolutely. talking about. Same for Lucas. <laughs> Lucas, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Lucas underscore Rody. Um, that's R O H D E. Most people spell it R H O D E, but R O H D E fifty eight on Twitter. And yeah, um, yeah. If anyone wants to DM or have a good discussion, I'm always <laughs> up for a good discussion. Especially if you follow me on Facebook, you'd probably get annoyed with it at that point. But, and, it, um, and if you call me no, out on Twitter, always up for it. If you call me out on Twitter, call him out on Twitter. Oh. The other one's coming. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's pretty much how it happens. Two peas in a pod. I love it. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, thank you guys for listening. RJ, I'll let you close it up.
All right, let's try to be better tomorrow than we were today because at least if we fail, we were trying. So everybody have a good week. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.